Hello, everyone, and welcome to the Magic Gaming Podcast. I'm your host, Josh Cohen. And as always, I'm joined by the head coach of Magic Gaming, Jonah Edwards. And on today's show, we have one of the NBA 2K League's premier defenders, Toxic. How are you guys doing? Doing all right, uh, considering everything. Yeah, I know. Tough, tough loss last night. Just to recap what went down against the Jazz, uh, the Magic lost a heartbreaker in game one. Orlando led by 13 at two different moments of the game before Utah rallied and capped off their comeback with a go-ahead long-distance three-pointer by Splashy with 7.5 seconds remaining. Uh, the Jazz were able to carry that momentum into game two, uh, where they took control in the second half to win the series. Uh, May had a really strong game one, uh, leading the Magic with 17 points on six of seven shooting from the floor and five of six from three-point range. Uh, DT, meanwhile, came close to a triple-double with 14 points, 14 rebounds, and seven assists in that game one. He was also solid in game two with 19 points and nine rebounds. So Jonah, a really great start to game one, uh, but unfortunately the Jazz really poured it on following halftime of that first game. What were your key takeaways from the series? What did you like from your team and what needs to improve? Yeah, so, you know, going into game one, I think that um, we were executing the, the game plan, uh, especially in that first half, which is, you know, the, the team we've been in practice the last week or so is the team you saw in the first half versus Utah, where uh, we, you know, are finally scoring some points a little bit, putting a little pressure on some teams. Um, so obviously, you know, you look at that half, that may be the best half we've played in the 2K league so far, so or, or for season three. And so it's, you know, it's it's at least, you know, it's it's reassuring to know we have that in us. Um and then obviously, you know, the, some of the silver linings are, you know, I thought Robbie played exceptional uh, in both games. I thought that, you know, he's he's someone who's obviously transitioned uh, to the power forward position and and I think has finally kind of figured it out completely and I think has a chance to be one of the elite power forwards in the league this season, um, which is great to see. And, you know, obviously, I, I you know, I think that the toxic is another, um, you know, silver lining from last night. I thought he played well and, and, you know, in general, I think that, you know, there are things to improve on for sure. Um, but, you know, I think that, you know, we, we fought at least and, you know, that's, that's, that's one thing, you know. Tox, talk about that final shot by Splashy in game one. Uh, rough estimate, but I believe it was taken from about 35 feet out or so, which, of course, is a very low percentage shot, especially in that circumstance. But is that just one of those things where you have to just tip your hat to your opponent for making a tough shot? Um, I mean... I guess you could say that. Um, I mean, typically, like, like, yeah, like, like you said, it's a low percentage shot. Um, but like, you know, when I go back and rewatch it, like, he, it, it was open. It's deep, and like, usually it doesn't go in. But I mean, at the end of the day, that's my fault, and I could have played it better. And so, like, I put that on me. But at the same time, like, as a team, we know that we shouldn't have even been in that situation. Um, you know, being up the way we were up, like, we had the opportunity to put them away, and we didn't put them away, and. And we gave them the ability to kind of, you know, fight back and have a, a that opportunity for them to have a shot like that at the end to, to you know, obviously go on and win it. So we know that, you know, it, one play doesn't define that game. But, I mean, good shot by Splashy. It's, it, it was a lucky one. But, you know, we got to control things better like when it comes to having our leads and, and keeping those leads. How much pride do you take guarding the other team's top scorer and top playmaker? Have you always been a, a lockdown defender or did you develop those skills over time? Um, I actually came into the 2K league as a sharpshooter. 
Um, I was drafted as a sharpshooter season one for Cleveland, but then I transitioned to lockdown because I just felt like I wanted to be more involved and have more impact than just being a shooter. And I knew like I, I have you know good communication and and stuff like that, so I knew I could fit the role well. Um, and then yeah, like I take a lot of pride. Like Jonah will tell you, like even after last night, like. I felt like I could have just did so much more, you know, like even if I play like good, I feel like I can always do much more. So I take a lot of pride in, in, in everything, especially with our defense. Um, no matter if like, you know, splash or whatever point guard we're playing against is doing well or doing bad. I, I put a lot of that, you know, defense on, on my shoulders. So yeah, I'm pretty tough on myself when it comes to that. Who's the toughest opponent you've ever guarded so far in the NBA 2K league, any of the three seasons? Um, <laughs> It's tough. Like, there's a lot of good guys. Um, it's actually funny because, like, I find that I guard, like, the better point guards really good. Like, guys like Radiant and stuff, I feel like I, I guard them very well. But then, like, the ones that you are considered, like, I guess, tier one point guards. Like, last year, Compete was a point guard, and he wasn't considered one of the best point guards, and he gave me the most trouble last year. So, I don't know if it's just his movement or whatever it is, but Compete gave me the most trouble last year. You mentioned before, Jonah, about May's performance last night. I know he's put in a ton of work to adapt to his new position, and I know you're very confident in him. You sense that he's starting to get a good grasp of the power forward spot? Yeah, I think that, um, you know, obviously in the first half, it's great that he hit he hit threes. Um, I mean, that's not... You know that's that's not Robbie's like crazy strength. He's not a sniper. Um, he he hits his shots. He does a good job. Uh, but more so, I think that just our, his defense out of the corners is far better than it was even even a couple weeks ago. And you know, as we continue to go to the season, I expect it to continue to improve. And and you know, Robbie Robbie's a guy who's known for his defense. You know, people call him Octo May and in the off season because the way he's able to kind of play 18 different passing lanes, it feels like he has, you know, eight arms. So, um, you know, he's someone who's, who's kind of getting the, the feel of the build down a little bit as well as, as the position. So I think that, you know, I, like I said, I expect him to keep improving, but, um, he's already gotten a grasp of it. I think he's, he's pretty good. And as of right now, I, I consider him amongst the, the better power forwards in the league, even, even in this moment. Tox, you were saying before that you went from being a sharpshooter to a lockdown defender. How, how difficult is it at this level to change positions and archetypes? How much practice is necessary to fully make that transition? Or is it one of those things that, you know, you've played the 2K game for so long and no matter what you're asked to do, it's fairly simple to make those adjustments and change positions and styles? Um, I mean, I think it, it just depends. Like if I was asked to like go play center right now in the 2k league, do I think I could do it? I mean, I could do it, but I wouldn't be able to do it at a, a super high level. Like you see a lot of these guys, but, um, I mean, for me, like, I always felt like I was a good defender and I had like good, you know, like I was good at anticipating th certain things and playing, you know, good on ball defense. So I always knew I could make the transition. Um, it was more of just like, once I started doing it, kind of learning the ins and outs of certain things, like in pick and roll defense, and especially like, you know, like swinging on defense and rotations and being like quick with your rotations, like that's little things that like I've just had to pick up over time playing the position. Um, but for the most part, I've always felt like I've been a pretty good defender, even when I was on a sharpshooter. Like I felt like I was a pretty good defender as a sharpshooter. So I knew I could I could make the the switch. I just had to kind of learn like you know the little little kinks and ins and outs of of the position. For those unfamiliar with the game build of the NBA 2K League, Jonah, 
What are the key differences that you've seen from year to year? So in other words, how was season one different from season two? And how was season two now different than the current season? It just seems like the game is flowing a little bit differently. Yeah, you know, season one um, was interesting because, you know, it was a lot harder to steal pass landings. Um, And so because of that, you know, we saw a lot of people, um, you know, go into the paint. Uh, People call it the dead zone where they sit right underneath the basket. You just kind of dump it down to them. They can get a dunk or layup. It was a lot of that Um, as well as just like, you know, on occasion you'll see like, you know, actually the Knicks won with this meta of like the shot sharp at the one where they're still doing that, but they're just shooting threes and getting free offensive rebounds from it too. And just really focusing on their getting threes and inside play. So, um, and then shifting to season two, I think it was a much more team based game, but still very shooting oriented. Um, so you see, you know, like like successful groups of, of, of players be really good. The Timberwolves were good. They had three or four guys that were elite at their position. That's why they were able to win the championship. And then, you know, season three, um, a little bit kind of shifting back to kind of a one or two man game a little bit where it is kind of the, the threes and, and, um, you know, offensive rebounds and putbacks and stuff like that. But, also, I think it's it's much more defensive oriented this game. I think defense is is the most important part of season three and and something that we you know obviously it's our focal point every day as Tox will tell you as DT will tell you um, it's all we talk about even when we're struggling on offense. But um, you know I think that I think this game is just about defense and controlling that momentum and and making sure that if you you know if you get a few plays on defense you really could score pretty quick on offense. So. Are teams using pretty much the same archetypes for each position this season, or are there pretty dramatic differences from team to team? It seemed like the past two years, for the most part, it was pretty uniform, but I haven't been able to tell, and I think it's because they're not actually labeling what each player's archetype is before the game begins, which I know they've done in the past. So it's been a little bit uncertain as to whether the archetypes are pretty standard from team to team, or are there major gaps between what certain teams are using and others? Yeah. So um, on the local build, you know, if we were playing in New York, you would see the lineup like you did last year. It's just because we're on the scrimmage mode. It wasn't built into the scrimmage mode. So that's kind of what we have, um, which is okay. But, um, you know, I I would, I would say Josh, like, uh, you know, I would would say there's, there's two, there's two builds at the one that people use Um, one and they're pretty similar. Um, There's two builds at the five that have been used. um, But one is, is pretty much very dominant. And aside from that, you just see a little variety in what teams decide to do in their their second ball handler position, where they decide to place their lockdown, whether it's a shooting guard or the lockdown at small forward. Um, but it's pretty similar uh, play style. So it's really about whether you want a shooter at the three um, or a shooter at the two or a ball handler at the three or a ball handler at the two. So you just kind of have a variety of builds there. There's eight builds in each position. So uh, there's there's a decent variety at the two and three. But aside from that, it's pretty standard on point guard, power forward, center. So yeah. Fairly quick turnaround now is your next game will be on Tuesday, May 26th against Cavs Legion GC. The Cavs were actually supposed to play last night, but their series against Celtics crossover gaming was postponed. Uh, due to some technical issues. Cleveland is currently 1-3 on the season. They won their first series against the Pacers, but have dropped three straight since then. Uh, Cleveland did not make too many changes from last season. Uh, O'Leary, God of 2K, Strainer, and All Hail Trey all returned from last year's squad. Uh, Jonah, what's your take on the Cavs, and how do you think you'll match up with them? Yeah, that I think that um, they have a, a pretty elite front court. 
Um, obviously, when I look at Gatatuke, who's the reigning defensive player of the year, I initially think you know that's a that's a tough matchup for us. Uh, he's he's a great player. Uh, Larry's obviously a pretty good defensive center. Um, you know, we expect him to 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 play that way against us as well. And then Alo Trey is a guy who's obviously had impact. Um, you know, season one, season two, a pretty pretty reliable guy. Um, though I think that this year we we kind of know what to expect from him um, just kind of based on the build and his play style. But, um, you know, I, I think that they're, the Cavs are a pretty decent team. I think that they're they're a tough matchup. I think they're going to play a lot of close games all season long. They play pretty solid defense, and, you know, a lot of times that defense can lead to the, the, their victory. So um, it's all going to be about controlling our turnovers and, and making sure that uh, we're, we're playing our game and not theirs, I think. Now, Tox, you played for the Cavs in the inaugural NBA 2K League season, and you played alongside – God of 2K, what challenges does he present? I mean, yeah, like Jonah said, I mean, he's a great player. Like, I'm, I'm, I'm really close with God 2K. Um, and even season one, like, he was just a difference maker. Um, great defensive player, just super high IQ. He just, he's relentless. He's, a, he's a really gritty player. He's gonna, he's gonna cause turnovers. He's gonna make it tough on you, no matter what position he's at. Um, so like Jonah said, that's, that's gonna be, you know one of our biggest issues um, with them. But if we can control that and have our turnovers, you know, down and, and, and play our game and not their game, you know, we'll be fine. The Cavs seem to have already made some adjustments as far as positions of their players. I noticed in their last game against the Warriors, they had Doza playing point guard and Strainer at the small forward spot. While in their other game, Strainer was the point, Doza at the two, and God of 2K at the three. Uh, between Strainer and Doza talks, is there one that you would look forward to guarding more than the other, perhaps? Uh, no. I mean, to be honest, like I, I'm confident guarding either one of them. Um, this is more of their natural lineup. This is the lineup that I think everyone, you know, assumed that they were going to be running throughout the year with Doze at point guard. Like that's that's his natural position. But um, I think the Cavs have just, you know, they've had struggles on offense, so they've 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 tried to switch things up and put people in certain spots to get you know the most they can on offense, but. Um, this is the lineup that you know. I think we're familiar with. Like we know what they, you know, everyone on 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 their lineup can do. Um, so no, like I think they both present the same type of challenge for me. But like I said, I'm confident in guarding either one of them if they're at point guard. Just going around the league a bit, uh, the Raptors continue to roll. Uh, they swept the Hawks last night, are now six and zero this season. Uh, the Warriors, who, like I mentioned before, knocked off the Cavs recently. Uh, are also undefeated at 5-0. and The only other team that hasn't lost yet that has played at least two games is the Blazers. Uh, the Celtics and Nets are the two teams that have not played yet. Uh, Jonah, any thoughts on what you've seen from those teams at the top of the standings? Yeah, I mean, I think, um, though though I, I will tell you, I think the Raptors and Warriors and the Blazers are all very beatable, and I think that we won't see a team go undefeated. Um, certainly not, but... Um, you know, they, they are a lead and I think that they are very deserving of, of being at the top of the standing at the moment, um, all three of those teams. So, um, you know, Golden State plays super, super unique um, and, and really Toronto does too. And so they're they're really unique in that way. I think a lot of teams try to mimic their game style when they are able to kind of just play their game and their game just kind of fits to the way the league build is. And um, I'll say the biggest the biggest shocks for those two teams, specifically Toronto and Golden State, are are their point guards. Um, Kina, CB13, has taken a huge step up this year as a player, um, as well as Kenny Got Work, I think, has taken that, that huge step up too. So I think that those are the, the biggest improvements they've had and obviously a big part of the reason they're so successful right now. 
Team still looking for wins. The Sixers, which is really shocking considering they were in the finals last year. Uh, the Lakers, Grizzlies, and Pistons have yet to reach the win column either. Uh, Tox, any team surprising you either way early in the season, either for how well they've played or the fact maybe that they've struggled a little bit out of the gate? Yeah, I mean, I think obviously the the, the one that comes to everyone's mind is the Sixers. Um, I mean, do I, I, do I think the Sixers were going to be as good uh, – Probably not, but like no one expected them to be zero and six. Like that's that's a team that like you know is one of the most winning teams in two K league history, and like for them to come out zero and six is definitely a huge huge surprise um, for me. But I mean, other than that, like you know the the Raptors have played really well. I'm not super surprised. They have a lot of veteran guys. Um, I was teammates with Sick in Cleveland. I know how good of a player he is, so I'm not surprised at all by the impact he's having with them. Um, you know, Jonah mentioned too, like CB 13 has made a huge step up in his production. So he has a great team around him. And, and everyone always said like, if he, if he upped his production, like they're a really, really good team and they're showing that. So no surprise there. And then obviously like the Blazers, you know, like they're going to be good. They're always good. You have two MVPs in, in Portland. So not surprised by that. But I mean, other than that, like I would say, um, the Hornets, you know, being a new team coming in, a, a, you know, a, new team for this season a lot of new guys first years and I thought they've played really well um and I think they'll continue to do really well so I think you know those teams have really stuck out to me we're only three weeks into the season but any early MVP and rookie of the year candidates that you would select at this stage I know it's really early not enough games have been um, played yet but anybody really stand out for each side I think like rookie of the year I would say either between based off like what I've seen right now um, I would go with like either like Shifty Kai from Gen G or like JBM from the Wizards. Um, I think both of them have the, you know, depending on how the season goes, like I think both of them would be like probably my top two favorites. And then MVP, I mean, that's tough, but I mean, based on what I've seen right now, I think you got to go with a guy like Kenny. Um, if they continue to do what they're doing, he's scoring like he's scoring. I mean, I think Kenny's definitely one of those guys. And obviously, again, like CB13, if he's going to continue to put up points like that and the Warriors are going to win how they're winning, then. I think those two guys are will be, you know, in, in the MVP uh, finals race. Jonah, any input on that? I know, I guess, like I said before, I know it's really early in the season to make those kind of judgments, but any players really stand out as far as potential MVP or Rookie of the Year candidates? Yeah, I mean, I, I agree with talks on, on Kai. I think that Kai is, in my opinion, um, the – the favorite uh, and probably by a decent amount for rookie of the year at the moment. Um, I will say Sav from the Lakers is pretty good too. And I think someone that if, if they had kind of clawed out of those, those close games, maybe they would be in that conversation as well, but fortunately they weren't able to, to start. Maybe that maybe they can turn it around. He can kind of fight his way back into it like Reed did. But um, you know, I think for MVP, I think, yeah, I think Tox has it right on the head though. I would probably lean CB 13 over Kenny got work just cause I do think that, um, you know, Kenny has a ton of help and his center sick is just incredible. Um, and their team defense is really good. And I do think Kena uh, CB 13 is the guy who really kind of does it all for golden state. So, um, that's, that's where I would lean at the moment. Awesome. Well, thanks for the insight guys. And that's about all the time we have for this edition. So once again, thank you to Jonah and toxic for coming aboard and make sure you tune in to the Magic's next game on Tuesday, May 26th at 7 p.m. Uh, you can find all the action on the NBA 2K League's Twitch or YouTube channels. Thanks again, guys. We'll catch you soon.